This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Lots to get to today. NFL stuff coming up here in a little bit. It was a huge day of news on Tuesday in the league. Got to get to the Russell Wilson blockbuster trade. Got to get to Aaron Rodgers deciding to stay in Green Bay at least for one more season and what that means for the Vikings got to get to the Wild here in a little bit. Them, you know, we've talked about them enough when they've been struggling. Got to give them some credit for a nice win um, on Tuesday night against a good Rangers team, and uh, you know, kind of a solid maybe get them back into get them back into the 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 flow of how they had been playing earlier this season kind of victory. So a good one for the Wild on Tuesday night to feel better about themselves. Maybe get a little baseball talk as well, because it sounds like things have gotten a little bit more optimistic after a marathon bargaining session on Tuesday. Games have not been canceled yet. Um, another set of games, I should say, that we've already lost the first week of the season, but further games. Yesterday was supposed to be the deadline for that, but they've they've extended it because things have gotten closer, it sounds like, to an agreement, so... We will need to talk about that a little bit as well. But first, what did I miss? Yeah, like I said at the jump, NFL, Russell Wilson traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, not long before the Russell Wilson trade, not a coincidence probably, um, it is announced that he is staying in Green Bay, although there's some muddied waters still about for how long it is. Originally, it was reported that it was a four-year $200 million contract that was $153 million guaranteed, which would have signaled that he was going to be there for a very long time. Uh, but he clarified that on Twitter, um, which is, you know, nice of him. But basically he said, hey, everyone, just wanted to clear some things up. Yes, I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the support supposed terms of the contracts I quote-unquote signed. I'm very excited to be back, hashtag year 18. So what does all of this mean? Well, to me, and and to Mark Craig, perhaps, who wrote about this for the Star Tribune, um, it means that Kirk Cousins comes to the forefront again, and the decision on what the Vikings will do with him becomes front and center, and at least the Vikings have a certain amount of clarity on that as they enter the new league year in exactly one week from today. So what it means is Packers have Aaron Rodgers next season. So that means Green Bay is the prohibitive favorite in the NFC North. Um, you know, they've won, uh, they, they've, they've been great. They've won, what, 39 regular season games with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers over the last three seasons. They've you know won the division each of those seasons. Now, the Vikings got into the playoffs one of those years, 2019, um, but uh, you know missed the playoffs the other two years. So if you are the Vikings, if you are the new brain trust with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, um, you know, assistants under him, and head coach Kevin O'Connell, how are you looking at that piece of the puzzle and examining your chances in 2022 and even perhaps beyond if Aaron Rodgers really is going to be in Green Bay for more than just the 2022 season. Well, let's get to that in a minute because I think the Russell Wilson trade is also a piece of that puzzle because A, you know, you thought Denver might be a destination for Kirk Cousins if they couldn't get anything else done with Aaron Rodgers, but then 
The Russell Wilson trade pops up. They, you know, they gave up a ton to get him, a couple first-round picks. Um, you know, quarterback Drew Locke, some other draft capital, tight end Noah Font. Um, lots, lots going back uh, to Seattle in that deal. But you know, Seattle looks like they're going to bottom out. By the way, they look like they're in full-on rebuild, releasing linebacker Bobby Wagner as well on Tuesday. So. You got that piece of it. Uh, Denver no longer a destination potentially for Kirk Cousins. However, a lot of other teams need quarterbacks this offseason. And if Russell Wilson is already off the table, he's been moved. If Aaron Rodgers is off the table, he is staying in Green Bay. Kirk Cousins perhaps becomes the best, you know, sure thing quarterback option for a team looking to upgrade. Now, you've got other options that are potentially interesting. Um, you know, a guy like Jameis Winston was off to a really good start last season, but, you know, he's still somewhat volatile, erratic in his play. And, you know, coming off that injury, don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Deshaun Watson, a huge question mark because of his legal situation. Um, you would argue certainly that he is a better pure quarterback option than Kirk Cousins, but because of the legal situation and because of, you know, the, the, uh, you know, whatever comes with that, even if he was to get traded, um, that piece of it becomes a, a dicier proposition for a team that might want to make a trade for a quarterback. So you've got a window here, if you are the Vikings, where you're saying, well, we're probably not going to be able to compete for the division in 2022, given the holes on our roster and given what just happened in Green Bay. And you're looking at the quarterback market and you're saying, well, we're also in this little sweet spot where we might have an attractive quarterback to another team that is either one piece away from competing um, in a meaningful way or a team that just wants an upgrade, has been stuck in quarterback you know, purgatory for a long time, just can't get that position right in any way, shape, or form. You know what you're getting with Kirk Cousins. It's, it, it's not elite-level quarterback play, but if you put him in a good situation, and even if you put him in an only an okay situation, he is going to give you a slightly above average season you know he he's a he's an above average quarterback in a lot of different ways so can the vikings look at this and say we we've got an opportunity here we've we've, we've got this is our window right now um it might mean some short-term pain in 2022 it might mean hitting reset a little bit more than they wanted to but um if you want to be in, if you want to be competitive in 2023 and beyond, I think you just need a new quarterback situation here at some point. And right now is an opportunity to not only clarify that, start over at the position, but also maybe add some draft capital in return. So going to be interesting when the new league year starts. Um, I hope I'm, I'm just I'm curious to see how this all plays out. But uh, my instinct is that the Vikings now will make a big push to try to trade Kirk Cousins, and that is why when Quesay Adolfo Mensa talked at the scouting combine a week ago, he was saying, every, you know, all, everything's in play. Everything's in play, and to me right now, the play is to trade Kirk Cousins. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms, and join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Back on Daily Delivery for another appearance, Chris Hine, Star Tribune Timberwolves beat writer, um, covering one of the more 
successful teams in town. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's it, those words don't come out of my mouth easily, uh, Chris, but this team has been very good. Um, most of the year and definitely since the all-star break, making up, uh, you know, put, putting some wins, banking some wins in games. They, they should win, but the games, they don't always win. You know, taking care of business, professional efforts. I think, you know, the, the game against Portland the other night was a perfect example. Portland, you know, no, no business really trying to win that game, but the Wolves made sure of it. They didn't give them any scent of, Hey, you, you might hang around and win this game. So what, what do we, what do you make of what you've seen, particularly post break from this team? Yeah, this was a tough stretch for them, uh, you know, on the schedule, just in terms of the, the layout of it, you know, they had three back, three sets of back to backs, uh, right out of the gate. Um, and you know, I think you saw Saturday night in that Portland, the first Portland game, it caught up to them a little bit. They had multiple guys with injuries in that game. They're getting banged up. Um, you know, so I think the schedule was, was really tough, even though they just had like a, you know, almost a week long break out, out of the all-star break. Um, but you know, last night was an opportunity where you can rest, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards and you still win by 40 plus points because Portland, uh, let's just say, I, I don't know how hard Portland is trying as an organization to win down the stretch here, but it certainly looked like a tank job, uh, with that, with that roster they threw on the floor the other night. Um, but you know, they have Oklahoma city coming up tonight. Um, and then you've got Orlando, uh, on Friday night. And those are probably two more games they should win. And, you know, at the end of that, you've got what should be a seven game winning streak for this team. And it'll be the longest streak in, I want to say 18 years or something like that. Um, they haven't had a six game win streak in a long time. So, you know, a little bit of, uh, of a franchise milestone on the line against the thunder. That means they've got another back-to-back then. Cause Saturday is yep. at Miami and you know, that starts a string of, Oh, not necessarily right off the bat. Cause then you get San Antonio, you get the Lakers. Lakers haven't been great lately. San Antonio is certainly, you know, not a great team this year, but then after that, Milwaukee, Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston, Toronto, Denver. I mean, that's a, that's a stretch that'll tell you a lot about, you know, kind of where this team is, but where we think this team is, is firmly in the top eight at this point. And still, if they would have gotten maybe a little bit of help, um, could have been pushing for that six seed while they put together this stretch of, you know, six wins in seven games out of, uh, out of the break, the team, the teams above them though, won't, uh, won't stop winning either. No, and that's that's the issue is, you know, they needed a little luck that one of these teams, Denver or Dallas, would take a tumble. And that just hasn't happened. Uh, both of them have played really well uh, alongside the Wolves playing really well. And when you need to make up two and a half, three-ish games or so, you know, that's that's still a significant gap to make up with only 17 or so games left in the season. You know, they do have uh, two matchups against Dallas coming up. They have one against Denver, so they will see these guys head-to-head a couple times, uh, uh, especially with Dallas uh, down the stretch of the season here. So those are direct opportunities to try to to make up some ground. But, you know, other than that, you know, they're going to have to beat some of these good teams that they're facing over the next couple of weeks here, like Milwaukee and Phoenix, um, if they want to stay afloat in this in this chance to get to the sixth seed and has a lot of ramifications for them because you know you look at the play in field and 
the Clippers, if they get Paul George back, that's a team that beat the Wolves three times this year. Now, the Wolves might be a different team than then because that was very early in the season. And the Clippers will be a little different as well, especially with some new personnel. But I don't think they got any worse. Um, and the Pelicans potentially are a bad matchup for the Wolves, I think, because Valanciunas always gives Cat trouble. Uh, they've got McCollum who can go off. So can uh, Brandon Ingram and new Orleans is one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league. While the wolves are one of the, or I'm sorry, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, while the wolves are one of the worst uh, defensive rebounding teams in the league. So that's a, that, that could be a tricky matchup for them in the playing scenario. So I do think that there's still a lot at stake for them to get to that six seed because it's not a given that they get out of that play in mix. And doing it lately without, Anthony Edwards, he's been, you know, out. How, what, what do we? What's the, what's the update there? Is this more a function of, you know, let let a lingering thing heal? And and what do you make of them looking quite good even without Anthony Edwards, who is ostensibly one of their three best players? Sure, I think he's trending back towards playing. Um, Chris Finch said at uh, Tuesday's practice that he was trending in that direction. Um, I saw him uh, shoot around on Monday scrimmaging afterwards with some players and staff, which was a good sign that he's getting closer and closer. So this knee issue is something they're going to have to manage the rest of the season. And, and they might have to give him, you know, some, some spells of games off coming up here. Um, and it's all kind of dependent on how his knee responds. You know, I think the ultimate goal is to obviously have him ready for the end of the season um, to, to make a playoff push or for those playing games. So, you know, it's just, it's just being mindful, you know, and I think we've, we've seen over the last few weeks, what it looks like when Anthony Edwards is healthy and when he might be ailing somewhere, ailing a little bit. Um, you know, you could, you can just look at the box score really and, and see. So, you know, we'll see how he manages it, how it, how it either affects him or doesn't, or doesn't affect him. But I think it was good that he didn't really have to play in this stretch of games with a lot of back-to-backs that they were able to rest him and still get some wins during that, during that time. I think that, you know, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. Um, I do think that their ball movement has improved since he went out of the lineup. Um, I think those first couple of games, that was kind of what Chris Finch and the, and the team was talking about was that their ball movement wasn't as crisp as they would like it coming out of the all-star break. They sit Edwards and, and maybe the opponent has something to do with it too, as they have played some of these lesser teams. Um, but I do think that the offense got back into a rhythm uh, in terms of where they want it to be um, when he went out of the lineup. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that he was hurt. Um, and you know, that it, it just wasn't as efficient of an offense with him in there uh, than if he just took a couple of games off. Well, when you watch the offense right now, it does look very much like they know exactly what they want to do on every possession. Like the one pass leads to another, the, you know, someone runs out on them, then you're going to go around and try to, you know, get to the basket. If someone cuts that off, you're going to find a shooter in the corner. Like it does seem like whatever amount of time it kind of took to get, fully familiar with the way Chris Finch wanted them to play on offense feels like they're there right now. Cause you've just, even just watching some of the recent games, I've you know the Portland game the other night, even though they weren't making a ton of shots early, like it felt like they feel like it feels like they have a good idea of what they want to do on every possession. And that everybody kind of has an idea of how to, how to play the way they want to play. 
Yeah, I think they've, you know, around the halfway point of the season, they they got they they've gotten to that point. Um, you know, Chris Finch likes to say it's a very rhythmic offense. So, you, you know, you can fall into rhythm, you can fall out of rhythm. Um, but more often than not, lately, they've been in the rhythm, save for a couple of games there. Um, I think Jordan McLaughlin has helped with that coming off the bench. I think he runs the offense the way that they really want it to run. He's, he's quick with the ball, bringing it up, quick getting them into things, quick distributing it, just very quick all the time. Uh, Fast-paced offense doesn't necessarily mean that you're always running in transition and getting fast breaks. It's just that you're doing regular things at a fast clip, and I think he really helps with that. I think you've seen Carl have a really good stretch of, of, of weeks here. He's been He's been phenomenal. Um, you know, no matter what teams have thrown at him, he's, he's made the right plays. He's, he's dominated when they needed him to dominate scoring. He's, he's facilitated when they need him to facilitate. Um, he's had a really strong couple of weeks here and, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think, you know, when he's been, when he's been in there, um, has, has really run the show well, um, especially late in games as he's done all season. I really do think that they're that they're clicking right now, and and you're seeing that that rhythm creates better looks for for guys like Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, who who you know have to knock down these open shots that are created in the rhythm of the offense. And when you get them the ball, you know, in, in terms of like maybe a, a swing situation where the ball swings around to them, they're wide open, as opposed to just passing it to them and they and they jack up a three you know, it's a little more comfortable rhythm that they can get in shooting threes. And I think you've seen it with their increased percentages as the year has gone on. Yeah, that's interesting. And you brought up Towns. I mean, I he's we've talked about this, I think maybe even the last time you were on, but he's, he's playing as well as I've seen him play um, this inside, outside, kind of learning some subtleties of, you know, not, not getting those offensive fouls like he was quite as much, or at least as, as I've, as I've watched, um, playing frankly at what I would think of as an all NBA level, at least for the last couple months and, you know, uh, playing well enough that I would, I feel like he's, you know, emerging into that kind of, you know, all NBA would mean top 15. I feel like he's playing like a top 15 player right now and maybe even better than that. Like someone who could be even better if he kind of keeps building on this. What, what have you seen uh, out of him what what do you hear from him and what do you, you know, especially talking to chris finch what's his assessment of, of where where cat's game is right now no i think that's i think that's right i think he's operating at the at the peak of his powers right now i think you know it's been it's the last month plus has been has been some of the best basketball he's played uh one thing that he's done that has been different from the start of the season and, and different from you know, other points in his career is he's he's lining it up at the at the foul line and foul line extended and, and taking guys off the dribble right now. It's harder for them to double him. Um, and if they do come with a double, it's a little easier for him to get rid of the ball um, as opposed to just standing with his back to the basket in the post. The pass comes in. Here comes the double and he's kind of stuck there. Um, you know, he, he's getting the ball in space more. That's been a big adjustment that they've made. Um, and really he's just, he's dominating when he should be dominating. He's like you said, he's, he's not committing as many offensive fouls as he was before. Um, he's playing more under control, more composed. I'm sure he still, you know, has his, 
fits with officials every now and then, but I, I, I think the volume turned down from where it was earlier in the season when it was, I feel like more of a problem than it is now. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, a fantastic, you know, last, I guess you could say two thirds of the season here for Carl after maybe the first third wasn't, was, was a little choppier. Um, and you know, when, when he's playing like he is, everything else in the offense can just fall into place around him like that. What's been interesting to me too, is that the, the bench has been pretty good in a lot of these mm-hmm. games. And you mentioned McLaughlin, who I thought was in danger of getting run out of the league earlier this year. I didn't like what he was doing at all. He's been a, a lot better lately. You know, you've been getting something from Torian Prince, like you said, you know, Malik Beasley, you know, if, if, Vanderbilt is starting and Edwards is healthy. Jaden McDaniels is off the bench. Jalen Noel. And I'm sure I'm forgetting, you know, Naz Reed, like they, they go relatively deep. And when everybody's healthy, it's almost like, I don't know. I'm an embarrassment of riches is a, is not the way to put it, but they, they go deep enough that when you lose two or three guys, uh, it just kind of means, okay, this guy that maybe he was only playing 10 minutes gets 25 and it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it's pretty impressive how they how they've built up this depth. Um, you know, in a lot of cases with guys that aren't necessarily making a lot of money. Yeah, and and you know, I think Jalen Noel is the is the perfect example of this. You know, Edwards goes out. Um, you know, last week he plays a little bit uh, coming off the bench when Edwards goes out, but still not really getting a ton of minutes. Um, but then Saturday comes around and. You see Edwards is still out. You know, Torian Prince goes out with back spasms. Uh, Malik Beasley gets ejected. Um, and what does Jalen Noel do? Comes off the bench and scores 22 points and, and helps them, you know, prevent an upset in that first Portland game. Um, that to me is kind of where this team is at right now. It's, it's, it's guys might, might be in and out of the rotation. They might be sitting for a while, but then, you know, when their number is called, they, they've responded. Um, and some of them have responded in a big way. Um, you know, Chris Finch admitted, you know, he's like, I didn't, I didn't know if our bench was going to be capable of this early in the season because it wasn't looking good. Uh, you know, especially when they started like two and seven or whatever it was that they started, but they've really rounded into form. They've, and I said, you know, it, it kind of all falls into a rhythm on offense and, you know, they found something in the, you know, around December and January that, that really helped them and that they finally got there and they haven't really let up since. And it's, it's really improved everybody. The bench of shooting has bounced back. Uh, You know, Beasley shooting has gotten much more consistent of late. Torian Prince has gotten back to where he is as a shooter for his career. Like we talked about McLaughlin um, ended up, you know, like you said, coming out of purgatory there and, 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 and really helping, helping to resurrect this bench unit uh, with his play uh, the second half of the season here. So, you know, it all, it all kind of turned, you know, maybe around the COVID protocol time, I think is, is a good point for that, for the bench where those guys got some extended minutes and saw what they can do and have translated that, you know, going forward here. Let the ball do the work as Chris Finch likes to say, um, Chris Hine, final thought. Um, seems like they've been a lot of comments that 
players. I even heard Finch the other day talking about, he got asked about it. We got talking about the crowd at Target Center, that it's getting better. You had the whole D'Lo interaction with the crowd early in the year, you know, calling them out and now, you know, praising them. As you, I, I talk to Wolves fans plenty, and I'm sure you hear from them a lot too. What, what do you think they make of this? Are they just, are they in, just enjoying this? Are they still kind of like, are we really, is it really okay to believe in this team? Cause we've been hurt so much. What, what do you think is the mindset of, uh, of the people who watch the team you cover right now? It's interesting. I, I definitely think that the, the atmosphere has gotten a lot better at target center. And, and you know, that, that just comes with winning. I think some of that, right. Um, I think the team itself is, is generally an enjoyable team to watch, especially when Anthony Edwards is out there healthy doing his thing. Like, you know, one of the most entertaining players in the league for, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like this team has just lost for so long that, you, you, you know, in the back of your head, you know, this, this team this year, the odds of them going all the way are, are incredibly small. So in some way, shape or form, the season's always going to end in disappointment, right? You, you, you know that on some level, but I think that they've just, you know, they play, they've been playing so well as a team you know, they have some individual players who are a lot of fun to watch. And it's just like, we haven't had entertaining basketball for so long here. Just enjoy the ride for a little bit, you know, um, expectations or, or, you know, your sense of doom be damned. Just, just try to enjoy it for a little bit, you know, and then let the heartache and disappointment come a little later. Maybe, maybe that's where they're at, right? Is that where you're at? I don't know. I guess that's the Carol King song that never got written. Let the heartache and <laughs> let that come later. Let the, let the heartache come later. Let the heartache yeah, come exactly. later. I, I think yep. that's about right. And that, that's probably a good place to, to, to end. I think it's, it, it does feel like, you know, I think people do, they understand that there's a limit to this year's team that, you know, getting to the first round of the playoffs is probably the, the ceiling and, you know, maybe taking a game or two off of, you know, Golden State, or if it happened to be Memphis, maybe doing a little bit more than that. But that the, the likelihood of going beyond that is 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 probably slim, like you said. But that there is a sense of, hey, you know, this team doesn't seem like it's going to get worse from here, and maybe that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I think you you've seen the arrow pointing up, uh, you know, upward trajectory of this franchise. Finally, looks like it's happening, um, and yeah, that's that. I think is what builds the excitement is because there's still, even if this team is a five game out in the first round of the playoffs, uh, you, you get excited for what might come next year. As some of these young players get better, you haven't mortgaged the future for, for one or two playoff runs. Like you, you, you seem to be set up to, to keep this thing going for a little while. And I think that's, what's exciting about it. Read Chris Hines' coverage, Star Tribune, startribune.com. As always, Chris, good to catch up with you, and we'll do this again soon. Thank you, Michael. Good stuff from Chris Hines. And like uh, like we talked about, this team on a roll have a chance to win six in a row for the first time since that 2003-2004 season. That's amazing. That, that shows you the uh, futility that this team has gone through since then. That team, of course, um, you know, made it to the Western Conference Finals. They finished that regular season on a nine-game winning streak. So if the Wolves can beat Oklahoma City on Wednesday night, chance to extend their win streak to six for the first time in, I guess, what amounts to more like 18 calendar years. 
Um, and if they win tonight, decent chance to extend it to seven if they when they play Orlando on Friday. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. They got to take care of business tonight. A kind of game they've been winning lately. Let's see if they can do it again. Wild, um, good game. They looked good. They looked kind of like they kind of recaptured some of that sharpness, recaptured some of that focus. And you guys, they won the faceoff battle against the Rangers. They won the game five two, and they won the faceoff battle twenty nine to twenty three. Now maybe the faceoff stuff gets a little bit overblown. Because, you know, the difference between the best faceoff team in the league and the worst is, you know, it's it's small percentage points. Um, but it kind of comes down to can you win a faceoff when you need to, uh, more so than just the raw percentages. And the Wilder, you know, among the worst teams in the league in the dot this season. So good to see them have a game where they win those faceoffs um, and, you know, and as maybe not as a direct result, but you know the results followed. They beat the Rangers five two, two goals from Kevin Fiala, solid play from Cam Talbot, and you know good just up and down the lineup performance. So that is what they needed, and they got it on Tuesday. Let us finish with the cooler. Major League Baseball sounds like there's a little bit of progress here. We've been fooled before um, with with this uh, alleged progress, but we're hoping. Now that uh, these marathon talks Tuesday will yield some some uh, some good news today, tomorrow, sometime in the very near future. Sounds like the league has budged a little bit on some competitive balance tax stuff, um, raising some minimum salaries. We'll see how that plays with the players and what they want as well. But something to monitor today if you're missing baseball. That piece of it could be getting a little bit better soon. That will do it for today's show. State Representative Pat Garofalo will be on Thursday's show talking sports betting. New bills coming out earlier this week. Looks like the legal pathway is on. It's it's on the way in Minnesota. It sure seems like, although a lot a lot to happen before that gets to the finish line. We will talk about that with Pat Garofalo on Thursday's show. Thanks for so much for joining me here today on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we'll see you again tomorrow.